Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Knights of the Road, here's your stallion. The car for freedom. Freedom. The car for hot excitement. The car for a man who is alone against the elements. The pride is back. It's the power of a compact. Looks small, but it's so big. Fuel injected. Inject me. My Batsu Thunder. On the toll road of life, you have to pay to prove you can. Live the emotion of an individual. Thunder. The awesome power of nature distilled into one vehicle. Wow. It goes after you get struck by lightning. There's thunder. The My Batsu Thunder. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 331, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and it's a new year of shows that I am pumped for. I'm always pumped for the show, because with me, as always, as almost always, as most of the time always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, the beast master of Third Shift, it's Eric, and he's here with us to tell us, as he does every year, every week, every all the time, how his week was. Eric. Tell me how your week was, even though it was like a week and a half because we recorded early, whatever. Just t- talk to me about things. It doesn't matter because it's been wonderful. We had quarter end come and go. We were like, an episode came in. It was like Galactica. And I'm like, whoa, look at that show drop. I don't remember. We recorded that show sometime. Whoa, that's insanity. Quarter end. Big explosions. All that happened. Came to the end of the week. It was over. The dust settled. I went home Friday and I said, I got a three-day weekend. Mondays are my day off. This is wild. This is insane. I feel great. And I did exactly what you'd imagine. I relaxed. I had a good weekend. I didn't do much of anything. But I did do something. I'll tell you a tiny story. It'll be brief. My meat man, Matt, he calls me up. He goes, hey, Eric. Oh, guess what, man? What's happening? Oh, I forgot to give you some of your meat. And I went, what do you mean you forgot to give me my meat? That's weird. I did think it was a little bit lower than it should be. Mind you, everybody, I buy pigs and cows from actual farmers who give me their pigs and cows. So my pig, my pig man, Mr. Pigman, I'll call him, he didn't give me a whole box, a whole box full of my meats that he was supposed to. I sort of thought I was light, but I, I didn't want to say nothing. Sure enough, he calls me. And he goes, all right, we're real busy, Eric. We're real busy. Okay. Can you come pick it up? I cannot. You're about an hour away from me. That is not going to work for me. Okay. Well, we can get it to you in maybe like four to five weeks when we sometime come that way. I guess that'll work. I guess. Actually, you know what? Do you live by Mooville? Which is like a, a little creamery by my house here, about 12, 14 minutes away. Yeah, I, I live right by there. I go there all the time. I love that place. Well, we can deliver it there. Sweet. Okay, I'll come pick it up. Call me when you deliver it. Calls me up. Hey, it's at Mooville. Sweet. I'm going to go pick it up. So I go to Mooville. Hello, my name's Eric. I want to pick up my meat that uh, Mr. Pigman dropped off. Okay. Uh, that's weird. What's your name? Eric. 
you know, here's here's my stuff. Here here you go. Okay. Mind you, while I was there, I bought some milk mat. I bought some ice cream. And I bought some cookies. Okay? Because you don't go to Mooville without buying some good stuff. Mooville's awesome. Right. So I, I bought stuff. You know, I'm, I'm an actual customer. Very nice individual behind the counter. No problems there. Takes them about 12 minutes before they come back with box with my meats. Is this your meats? That's my meats. That's thems. That's those are my meats. Thank you so much. Hey, we're not going to do this for you again. You understand that? <laughs> Wait a minute. We mean we're not going to do this for you to understand that. I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't say this. This is not my plan. My meats man said you were good to go. I said, okay, cool. That sounds great. So why am I being the villain here and, and imposing an, you know, a bad thing upon you? I did nothing wrong. So being who I am, I said, well, hang on. Here's the situation. Da 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 da. Do you want me to let my meat man know that you're not going to do this anymore? Because it was not me. Oh, you don't have to do that. We're just not going to do it anymore. So you do have to let him know. So you being, are you, and then I said this, I said, are you going to let them, let my meat man know that though? Because otherwise I'll have to let my meat man know that. Oh, well, we don't want it to be an issue. I'm confused. So you don't want me to tell my meat man that you will never do something like this again. But you won't do this ever But you don't want me to tell the meat man that I will never do something like this again. I don't know what you want from me. I don't I don't intend to ever do this again. I hope my meat man never misses a bucket of meats for me again. Mm-hmm. But what do you want? What do you what are you like you're trying to like be, you know, weird with me, but you don't want me to tell the meat man that that's not going to be a thing that he can do anymore. I I'm confused. And, and you won't tell him either. Yeah. And you're but you don't want to tell him either cuz you want to keep, you know, a good rapport with said meat man cuz they also provide you with meats. What do you so I don't. I'm confused. I don't know. I'm like the well, the weird middleman in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, I'm double confused because if he can't come to you for four to five to eighteen months, but he can go to Mooville, which is like five minutes away. He was he was at you. He came to you. Yeah, basically. He was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah, it was really weird. Because, like you said, uh, in just 12 extra minutes, he could have just came to the house and avoided all of that. But apparently, they thought their rapport was good enough with said Mooville that they could just do their usual deliveries, put my stuff on the side, and I'd come pick it up. And apparently, that was not kosher. It was not cool. They were not happy about it. And they tried to tell me that, but then when I said, well, I'll tell them that you said that's not cool. No, 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 no. Don't say that's not cool. Don't, don't do that. But then don't tell me that's no that's not cool. I didn't arrange for it. The the meat man did. I didn't. I had no idea. I was expecting. I was just probably gonna have to wait a few weeks till they actually came to Charlotte for something, and I'd get my meat. So it's weird. It's just a weird scenario. I didn't want to be in it. I'm like, and plus, I just bought milk, cookies, and ice cream, and all sorts of stuff. What what's happening right now? I, I'm very sad and confused. Can't go back there ever again. It's over. That's it? You want me to discommunicate? You know, just... Phew. You got to. What would Amanda say? She'd say never go there again. 
She would, but that's why I never told her what happened. Uh-huh. Because I love Mooville. I, I couldn't tell her story because Mooville's got such good ice cream and milk and everything else. I didn't want to have her be like, nope, F those people. We're not doing it. So, strange real life story that happened. But beyond that, and beyond Corderan, on the video game front, World of Warcraft, I got my brother. He's at my, ch- he's, he's biting at my, he's biting at my ankles. Get to 70. Get to 70. Let's go. You know, let's go do some dungeons, mythic dungeons. Let's go do some raiding. Let's go do the stuff. I'm almost there. I'm like 69, three-fourths of the way through. So I got just a quarter left before I'm 70. We can start doing some fun stuff. It's just every day goes by so quickly. I haven't quite got there. But that's my priority now because leading into the last game I played, which was Final Fantasy Crisis Core, I did sort of what I wasn't said, what I said I wasn't going to do, Matt. I was like, you know what? Let's do all these missions. I can't. I cannot do it. So I got to 98%, Matt. 98%. There's four missions left. And these missions are ridiculously hard. But that's not it. I went, man, that don't add up. This not end, the numbers aren't adding up. So I went and looked. And apparently I missed a Cactor quest sometime in the beginning game. That I cannot finish any longer. So I'd have to go replay the game, get back to said Cactor quest, do all those again. So I have spent the last week doing nothing but side quests. Nothing but side quests. Getting them all done. Getting everything in the game you could possibly imagine to these last four missions that are incredibly difficult. Probably doable. Just to find out that that first Cactor quest I missed... So I can't get the trophy. It's a gold trophy. What should I do? Should I beat the game and go farm out however long it takes to get to that Cactor area to do that quest to get the thing to get the gold one? Yes. But then I looked, man, and I went, oh, I actually missed like three other ones. Like mission quests where you got to do a certain thing and then complete it in a certain amount of time or whatever, you know, to get. So I'm like three, three mission quests. And then getting this Cactor quest. And then, of course, beating the four missions I do have to get the ultimate ending. And I'd platinum the game. And I'm like, <sighs> I spent a lot of time on these quests. A lot of time, man. Eric, there's no question. There's literally no question. You know how many of those goddamn Pixel remasters I started over because one thing got missed? Mm-hmm. Well, literally, like, only one or two. But you know how many of those I went back into for... A full eight hours to find the goddamn Warmech in Final Fantasy One to get all the hidden summons in Final Fantasy Four. There's no who are you? You know you can't tell me the story and then go. Oh gosh, I don't know if maybe I should even bother to. No, the answer is you beat the game, you go back in, you do the stuff. That's what you do. Fine. I was I was not wanting to do it, Matt. I was kind of like, you know what? Fine, because I beat the game. Spoiler alert: This morning I went and finished it up. The hour that I played, that I was telling you about. That was this morning. I finally played that hour and went ahead and beat the game. Rolled credits. Had a great time with it. Can't wait to find out. There's so much going on with Genesis and Zack and everything else. It's unbelievable. And the reason this re-release came back out, this remake or whatever, is because 100% they're going to be redoing the story with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and stuff. So what you think you know, you don't know, and they're making sure that you play this game or you have the opportunity to play this game so that you understand that Zack 
and Genesis, etc., some other characters, etc., are going to be coming back, and stuff's going to be happening. It blew my mind, because I've only ever played FF7, you know, regular. So, I never got to play any of the other stuff, including Crisis Core. And now that I've played it, I'm like, oh, so this is where they wanted to go with this character, and this is what they're doing. Never knew any of that. Never had any idea. Which... It's insane to me because it just opens up so many possibilities for Rebirth, which hopefully comes out this year. I'm I'm just stoked for it. But in a nutshell, I'll go ahead and play Crisis Precore. I'll finish up what I got to do because I am so close. I'm right there with the damn Platinum. And then having spent so much time on those side quests, I feel like it would be a shame to just basically waste my time. So I'll do it. But that's what I've played this week. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Well, before the actual New Year, because we recorded the New Year's episode way before the New Year, all this other stuff, I have been playing Vampire Survivors every single day at work on my Steam Deck, just having a ton of fun with it. I mean, I think I mentioned in the last episode that we talked about it, or maybe it was just on the Watch Plan, where you know I, I got too good at it too quick, I feel like, because the first few rounds it was like, oh man, what's all this new stuff? I don't understand what to do. But after the fourth or fifth time you go through, all right, I'm definitely go putting stuff into these weapons, these weapons, these upgrades, those upgrades. And it kind of, you know, there's new stages, there's new characters to unlock. But still, if it gives me garlic, I'm always going to get garlic. And if I start getting garlic, then I'm going to use the heart thing because the heart thing and the garlic, once you max them out, it makes it the ultimate version of that. When I get this, then I always have to get that because those two evolve each other. And so the da 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 Like every run, it is still fun. And it is still, like, it still scratches that that pleasure center of your brain because you're going around, you're killing stuff, you're hearing you're picking up the gems, and it's got that like slot machine sound, like every time you pick up gems, it feels good. And it just, I actually did not like did research, but I watched somebody else's YouTube video where he was talking about this dude who made the game. He made like slot machine games, so he knows what makes you want to play games, and like these sounds and flashing lights and all the stuff. It it makes sense why it all comes together. And when you are in the middle of it, and everything's going popping off, and everything's going crazy, it feels. Right. It feels like that, like you're winning a jackpot all the time. So it's it's weird because I feel not bored with it, but every time I start, you know, oh, I'm in a new stage, new stuff's happening, cool, but I'm always going to do the same stuff because it always works. So it kind of feels like I'm kind of doing the routine right now. Maybe Maybe something else new unlocks and pops off, but I haven't been playing it a lot lately. It was kind of a pre-quarter end thing. It was like diving in and every single day, play two runs of it, get home, play a couple more runs. I haven't really touched it lately, but I've kind of kind of been in a funk, mostly because of quarter end. I'm not going to go into it. We, you all know. But I will say, for I will describe it just a little bit because it ties into the next game I'm going to talk about. When we do quarter end, I do the printing. Eric does the inserting. It's hundreds upon thousands upon millions of sheets of paper. They come off the machine in these big old oversized reams. You got to grab it. You got to flip it upside down. You got to move it. And it's not a lot, but when you're doing it all day long, grabbing these oversized reams over and over and over. On Eric's side, you're grabbing the envelopes. You're grabbing this, this. Your hands are always in the big giant grab and you're always squeezing a big thing. So I get home. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Okay, what am I going to do? You know what? I talked about in the... Was it the New Year's episode when we were talking about Steve's Top 5? Because his game of the year was Power Wash Simulator. And I said, I have it downloaded. I've seen it. I get why it's appealing. 
I'm going to play it. I don't have the time or the brain power to do something big and in-depth, no RPGs, no nothing. I'm just going to do Power Rush Simulator. And I started playing it. This is a lot of fun. Just like Steve says, you, you clean the stuff, you get ting, 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 bing, bing, bing. You know, you get, you know, you're just doing it and it's just a, just a fun, relaxing, you don't have to think about it. You turn the in-game sound down and turn a podcast up, turn a long-form YouTube video up. Just kind of zone out and do it. All right, so do that for an hour, two a night. Maybe stay up a little too late because you're in the middle of a job. And even though it auto-saves, I just want to get the job done. Doodle-doo. So it is fun. It does feel great. But every single day, my hand is going like this and squeezing all, all day long. And then I take my hand home and I put it on this mouse. And I click the buttons and I wiggle it all around to power wash these things. At the end of the last session, my entire middle of my hand was completely cramped up. And my forearm down there was also super sore. Like I was like carpal tunnel Jones. And I went, okay, I can't do this, especially during quarter end. I'm not going to break my hand off to do this. But it was a lot of fun. I did enjoy it. The, the kind of characters and the little kind of dopey story that's going on is a lot of fun. And I think I was going to look it up. But in the game, you start a business and it's like Dr. Superpower Wash or something. So every text that comes through says, hey, Doc, I got this thing for you. And as the person who has been Doc Funky online forever, it fit perfectly. They're texting me saying, hey, Doc, come on over here for this crazy thing. Like, that's right. You know this, this game is made for me. It's talking directly to me. So that was a lot of fun. Got to the end of quarter end. All the stress was relieved. I went, okay, it's time for news resolutions. News resolution, gaming-wise... Play a certain number of games. A certain number, how about 13? How about 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim? Power it up. What does Eric even say? This is game, I don't know, his characters, high schoolers, whatever. By the end of the very first mm. prologue, oh my God. you're in. If you're not in, you I don't know what kind of person you are. I don't know what kind of soul you have. I'm going to save a lot of the discussion of this, like the in-depth discussion that I want to have with you for what you play in Third Shift. But a few things. First off, this, I've, I've said this to Eric before. The presentation of the Sentinels in the story piece, like the scale of them, the sense of weight and heaviness, and just, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was expecting them to just be like a, a faint idea off on the side. You go in the battles, and then they're just like the, you know, the icon on the map. But no, when they show up in the story, it is an event. I want to pound the desk to emphasize the... The, the heaviness and the weight of them, the sound design, the presentation is so good. I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't think it would be that good. And it was absolutely incredible. And the only other thing I'll say right now, I texted Eric this every time that I think it's gone as crazy as it's going to go, something new happens. And maybe it's not like a more crazy development, but it's another thing I didn't expect. And I go, Oh, Okay. The things I thought were happening, I don't think are happening anymore because I think this is now happening. And then something else will happen, and I'll go, okay, so okay, so that probably ties into this over there. It feels like playing, and there are two game series that you haven't played. It feels like playing Steins Gate or uh, the, the Zero Escape games where every time you think you figured something out, another giant twist comes in, especially the Zero Escape games. Just incredible on that. Like, here's the whole situation, and characters are explaining it, and then something completely out of left field happens, and what's that? And what's why does this character have white blood? What's going on with that? And all these other things. So it's, it's that, again, 
I wish you would told. I wish you had played those games so you could tell me, hey, it's just like those two. You'll you won't believe it, and you'll love it just as much as you love those. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a good time. But still, after quarter end, I'm tired. I can't play a deep narrative game all the time. So what else did I do? I looked here to the left. There's a pile of stuff over here. You never get to see it. It's, it's not on camera. A little clamshell CD case has had Deadpool for PS4 in there for months. Because I was like, sometime when I just want a goof time, I'm going to put that in and I'm going to play it. Well, I had no energy for thinking or, or thoughts or my mind exploding anymore. So I went, Deadpool, you're in. We're going to play you. And in two, two giant long game sessions, because I had a ton of fun with it, I played through the entire game and it was great. I will say as a game, I'll talk more about it on what you're playing, but as a game, it's just a game. As a Deadpool game, it is awesome. When it goes full Deadpool, it is so good. If you don't know anything about it, watch the cable introduction scene on YouTube. The way that Wade and Deadpool go back and forth, the uh, the cinematic intro that you can choose to watch to get backstory on cable, it's chef's kiss. It's beautiful. So just going through fighting enemies, it's okay. It's fine. But if you want some Deadpool, play Deadpool for PS4. And the reason I got it is because, hey, you can't play it easily because it got delisted from all the online stores. So when I had a hankering for it years ago, I went, hey, Deadpool, PS4, no listings on the PlayStation Store, no listings on Xbox. So I went and got it secondhand from GameSpot or GameStop, whatever one damn it is. <laughs> so I finally played it. It was just as good as I wanted it to be. But I finished that. And one day I came home from work. I had one hour of free time before I had to go to bed. Deadpool was done. Can't play Deadpool. Can't play an hour of 13 Sentinels. That's not enough. That's not, I mean, it's enough for a couple battles, but it's not enough. What are you going to do, Matt? Well, might as well progress another New Year's resolution. Go on that PS5, get on that crossbar, click on God of War 2018. And I played that first hour, and I beat up the stranger, and I went, this is cool. This is really cool. It's, it's, it's really Really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, and I went, man, and it's, like you said, you said it and I didn't believe you. It feels different. Because he feels different. Like, he is still Kratos, but he feels older and tired. Older, like, he's been reserved. through some stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. it doesn't feel like a, like just like a wild maniac idiot. I mean, you can activate the thing and do the stuff, but I don't know, it's different. And I, and I also see what you've said, too. When you play it, you don't feel like you are Kratos. You feel like you're with him. Uh -huh. And I've only played a couple hours, but that's what I like about like the camera work. It's like it's not you. It's like you're there and he's doing the stuff. He's like, doing it. Yeah, you're doing it, but it feels like he's doing it. You're just watching Kratos. And every time like the, it goes cinematic, it's like you, the cameraman, are like walking along with him. I don't know how to describe it, and it sounds really stupid, but when you see it, you know what it is. I don't know. It feels good. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I will say it, it just the only thing, it does bug me that, oh, I got to reach out. He always does the reach out and like, oh, I don't know what to do. Just, just be honest with your feelings, man. Just be an open individual. I say as somebody who's not, who doesn't do that. But anyway, it's a great time. Having a lot of fun with it. I don't like attacks on the shoulder buttons. That's just me. I can't remap them yet, but whatever. It's a great time. I'm enjoying it. So far, for the two opening hours. So far, you were right. It's pretty good. So that's what I did this week, this past week. All kinds of good times. I will actually give you props on the air. 
so far, you've recommended two good games, Eric. I, you know, you're gonna love them. You're well gonna done. love them both. Both of them are so dang good. Oh, it's so much fun. You're gonna enjoy the hell out of it. And of course, jumping from that, what might you enjoy? Hey, a new video game release. And today, everybody, I've got One Piece Odyssey for you. One Piece. It's funny. It's a show that everyone keeps going, Eric, you should watch. And I go, you know what? I you can't. can't. I just no. can't. It's like 800 episodes. It's I like 1,000 episodes. Yeah, probably more. Exactly. I already tried to watch all of Fairy Tale. That's like 700, 800 episodes. I got to like 400, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. And I went, I can't do this type of anime. There, it's too much filler, too much insanity, too much going around and around and around. Don't do it from the start. Maybe you can pick it up. I don't know. I Maybe like yeah. start restart the arc, whatever arc they're on, and see if, if that. And just picks watch up. the current arc, and just yeah, try yeah, yeah. to just you know jumble boat your way in or whatever. But it's something I keep getting told to watch. All right, and it just hasn't happened. But then, of course, this new game just dropped January thirteenth, twenty twenty three, on PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, the Xbox systems, you know X and S, and of course Windows PC. Man. And now I'm like, I should have done it. I should have done it because Bandai Namco published it. ILCA went ahead and developed this thing. And it's got the graphics of Dragon Quest. I love Dragon Quest, you know, aesthetics. I love it. And this game has it too. And what it does is it drops you with Luffy, who's like the main character. You guys are on your ship and you're like, wow, there's an island out there. Let's go explore it. Which, of course, if you don't know, you're a bunch of pirates on a pirate ship exploring, doing all sorts of stuff. You've got really cool abilities well, you go towards this island, all of a sudden, you get blown up, you get screwed over, you land on this strange island, you wake up, your powers are all messed up and gone and depleted, you find these two characters on the island, one of them's like a mysterious, you know, gal, the other's a, an adventurer like you, and she's like, yeah, I kind of like took your powers and scattered them all over the place. Now you gotta get your powers back, a whole new other development happens, the story starts to unfold. You, as Luffy and your team, got to get your powers back. So now you're exploring this island as you also take care of the storyline. Take care of the story. Get your powers back, which you got to go along this entire island, finding all the little nooks and crannies. So you'll go through like these different chapters doing the storylines, and then you'll get to come back and explore said area after the story to find you know the powers that are scattered throughout as you were going about the storyline portion. And you don't have to do that, mind you. But if you want to do endgame stuff, you know, you typically want to get all your powers back. You guys know how RPGs work. Then this, by the way, is a turn-based RPG, but it's not just your standard one. And this is kind of what's got me super interested because not only are the graphics, the Dragon Quest-type graphics, not only are you getting to explore this really cool anime, you know, genre and everything else going on, but when you go into combat, which, by the way, is the newer style. So you'll see the enemies on the field, and you engage them. It's not like just random battles throughout. And that seems to be what everybody really likes the most. So there you go. You got that. But when you go into battle, not only you get four players active, and then there's eight of you, so you can swap out at, at leisure, whatever you want to do, but two and two group up. So it's not just four against however many enemies there are. It's two of you versus what they put against those two, and two of you versus what they put against those two. So it's kind of unique in that you got two people that have to handle a certain situation and the other two have to handle another certain situation. And then on top of that, which if you don't watch One Piece, you're not going to understand, which is the saddest part of it all. 
characters interact in different ways and can use different abilities and do different things together or not together. That's all in this game. So if you know who works together well, who doesn't, and how what they can and can't do, you're going to get all the jokes. You're going to get all the weird, I can't use this because I'm surrounded by this or doing this or working with this person. If you don't know, you're not going to know. And then obviously the story will say, like, hey, I hate Timmy. I'm not working with him. Screw that guy. I'm never doing a super around him. Now you're out of luck because you can't do a super with him. Here's where the trick comes in. And from what I hear, it makes it a little easy. But, you know, sometimes I don't mind. You can swap characters. So, like I said, you get eight characters, but only four are going to be on the field. You can take one of those characters and swap them out with another one. So, pop. They're not working well together. Something ain't mission or mashing. Boom, you just swap them out mid-battle with another character, and away you go. And that, I, I really like that. I like the uh, the uh, the ability not to be screwed and have to, like, die and restart the battle if, you know, something's not going right or you didn't equip a certain ability or skill or magic that is critical in this fight. Mid-fight, you can just go, okay, this isn't working. I definitely gonna, I'm definitely going to need this character. You can just swap them out. So I, I thought that was really neat. And beyond that, with the battle system itself, uh, beyond your typical you know JRPG turn-based stuff going on, I hear it's pretty fun, pretty easy, up until the end. I hear that like, the last section has some very, very challenging fights that need you to focus, need you to really, you know, take into account what the enemy's doing, who can counter, who can't counter, what's good, what's bad. That all sounds really, really fun to me. The characters themselves from what I hear, are very true to, you know, One Piece and interact accordingly and do what they should be doing. And it's all, you know, over the top and wild from what I hear One Piece actually is. And then, of course, the story is an original story. However, along the way, you'll get, like, side quests and uh, wanted billboards that'll take you through a lot of, like, old One Piece storylines so you can go like relive and replay that kind of stuff and gain levels, gain abilities, gain skill sets. Now it's mismatch, it's not in order, so it's just going to be all sorts of wild stuff that, once again, if you've watched One Piece, you're going to really love and appreciate. And you're going to be like, oh, I remember when we went ahead and did that and did that and fought this guy and did this. And if you don't know, it's just going to be a lot of side quests and, and bad guys to beat. So there's kind of a no-lose situation in that. It's really got me, my interest peaked. And I'm like, man, maybe I should at least go watch, like Matt said, at least maybe the most current season and just see if I can kind of skateboard my way in and play this game and have some fun. Because also, lastly, from what I hear, it's like a 40 to 50 hour RPG. It isn't like a 100 hour one. And I like that. I would love more 30 to 40 hour RPGs than 80 to 100 hour RPGs. And this seems to be scratching those itches. It seems to be putting in all the work where it needs to be putting the work in. I had no idea about this game until like a day ago. Now I really want to check it out. That's a lie, Eric, because I talked I about know. it when we revealed it, and we both talked about it, and you said, oh, man, I really want to get into that one piece. We had the conversations about it, but you didn't say the best thing. And I mean, maybe the best thing, depending on how it goes. But there's a demo out right now, so you can go and get a taste of it. If what Eric said, you couldn't make a heads or tails out of it, if you don't know, and you watch a trailer and you go, I don't know nothing about this, go play the demo. It's available Somewhere, because I watched somebody do a whole review of the demo and explain the game systems. And I will say the one thing about the game systems that I do like is, from what that 
video about the demo said certain characters are like power or speed or technique or whatever, and you have to match that against the enemies. And, oh, the other thing, you said matching out the characters, you can pick who attacks first, and that affects how the enemies attack. I mean, I'm sure it's not super deep, but that's a little string to pull. Uh-huh. You know I love picking all the little threads. Oh, man, if I make him attack first, and then he takes out this, then that character's going to be up next, and he can take out this because he's speed versus technique, and technique beats power, and blah, 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 blah. So it got me very excited. It looks great. Sounds like it plays great. I'm excited for this one. I'm going to download the demo. Which it, where, whichever place it's on, I'm going to download it, and I'm going to check it out. Now that you said that, yeah, I'm going to be doing the exact same. I'll probably, as soon as this actual episode is over, go download it and then play it You know, this weekend at some point. Absolutely. And another game you should play you know, at some point. I don't know which buddy. Yeah, it's know, a whatever. sequel that I had no idea was even coming out to a game that we always said we'd totally play, and that's River City Girls 2, which dropped way back. December 15th, developed by WayForward, published by Arc System Works for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, for everything but your phone. I don't even need to sell it because it's River City Girls 2. It's the sequel to one of the best pixel-based side-scrolling beat-em-ups I've played probably since maybe Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I mean, if you're a Streets of Rage 4 guy, maybe since then. But River City Girls, the original, was a ton of fun. Total throwback to River City Ransom. You know, side-scrolling, going through a town, stopping at shops, buying items to upgrade your health, to give you new abilities, to upgrade your strength, to give you new moves, just health items, everything. And this is more of that. It's River City Girls. Can the girls get in the sauna mat? I don't remember. Because in the OG River City Ransom, the boys could go into the sauna, and it would show them getting into the shower, and the little shower scene, and they'd be scrubbing up, and you'd come out refreshed. I wonder if the girls can do the same. I'm just saying. I can't remember if that was in the first one or not. If it, if it was, it was tastefully done. It wasn't what it wasn't well, it was the, the same. It, it was the same with River City Ransom. It wasn't exactly what you were doing, where you're like you came down close to the mic like like Chet would, and like, hey, can it go hey. go to sauna? No, it, but <laughs> but regardless, the first one was incredible, was amazing. This is more of the same. The story, hey, the yakuza's that you beat up in River City Girls one, they're back for some reason. The story's not the point of playing River City Girls game. But I will say the characters and their interactions are because both of the girls are a lot of fun. They were a ton of fun in the first game. They always have banter back and forth and they always have banter back and forth with the bosses. Interactions with the sage, with the bosses, with the things that you're doing. So the overarching story, when I say that's not anything special, the experience of it though is because you go through with the two girls, they're having all kinds of conversations. In this game, in the sequel, the boys are also playable. So Ricky and Cunio are both playable from the start, I believe. And there are two new characters. One who is Provi, who is a speed-based character. Kind of looks like a, a girl from the streets. And then the second one is Marion from the Double Dragon franchise. And I've seen the character introduction trailer that they put out where the girl's like, Oh man, it's Marion. And it literally shows her getting punched in the stomach and thrown over the shoulder. And it shows like the little, the little manga cartoon mm-hmm. where she's like waiting for them to save her and then she, she starts working out and you know she's locked in the warehouse and so she's doing pull-ups and sit-ups and stuff and now she's big and buff and has the buff just the the, the ripped chick abs and it's just awesome i can't wait to play this a because it's just a great game but i'm like man i have always played as misako all the time now 
I kind of want to play as Marion. And it is great because you can play through it multiple times, multiple characters, level them up, get new abilities for everybody. And you can, you know, swap through different stages, play different characters. You just have a great time. If you love side-scrolling beat-em-ups, if you love the old days of Final Fight and Streets of Rage and all that stuff, this is the perfect homage to that. The pixel art is so nice. It's so smooth. It's so cool. All the voice acting, all the music, it's just top-notch. Like I said... This makes me think of when I first played Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game. The same feelings that I got playing that is what I got when I played River City Girls 1. So I can't wait to play River City Girls 2. And the thing we always talked about with the first one, this one comes with, from the start, online co-op, split-screen co-op. However kind of co-op you want to do, you can do it with all your friends in River City Girls 2. That's it. That's all. It's great. Everybody should play it. Everybody should get it. The first one was awesome. The second one is going to be more awesome because you got more characters, more moves, more stuff to do. Just just play it. It's River City Girls 2. We got to do that. It's got to be a game we play, Matt. You know, have some fun times in. Can't We're never going to play games again, Eric. What are you talking about? We never, yeah, let's get Turtles. Let's, let's play Turtles. We don't play Turtles. Let's play, let's play Overwatch 2. We I, don't even, we I almost deleted turtles. Overwatch 2, for God's sake. I almost deleted we it. We beat Turtles. We beat it. It's yeah, over. we were going to platinum it, remember? Let's, let's an easy game. We'll, we'll platinum it. It'll That's, be fun. We got to play it. You know, you like I'm the one to blame here. It's all, it's all <laughs> Eric's fault. It's all Eric's fault. Lies. Lies, man. Lies. <sighs> What's not a lie, Eric, is that we do still cover some gearbox on this show. Hey, Once surprise! <laughs> and it's also not a lie. I'm being facetious there, but it's also not a lie that they did acquire Captured Dimensions. Who's Captured Dimensions? They're state-of-the-art 3D modelers and 3D tech wizards. And if you go on their website, they have all kinds of just 3D shaders and modeling and all kinds of stuff. And I got to tell you, I'm confused. I'm confused, Matt, because like you said, they do all sorts of very realistic 3D animations and just they get nitty gritty. They've been in, you know, John Wick 3, Jack Ryan, you know, Black Panther. They've been in Cloverfield Paradox. The list goes on and on. Guardians of the Galaxy. They've done it all. They've been in a bajillion movies doing this realistic animation. Gearbox has never done anything realistic. So I don't know what is going on. And it just has me... Confused, but curious also. Confused because Gearbox has never been in that, ever. But curious now because, well, they would have had to acquire them for a reason. There has to be a reason, meaning they have to be doing something that would require the talents and skill set of Captured Dimensions. Well, just like you said, I'm, I'm kind of of two minds about this. One, because the same thing you said. Gearbox doesn't do – when you see what they do, it's like literally the face of the actor, like in 3D. Borderlands never does that. Tiny Teens Wonderlands doesn't do that at all. The Brothers in Arms has never done it. Well, I mean, it's at, least, it's at least a realistic face. But it is, it's more realistic. I give you that. Brothers in Arms could do it, but when I was on their website and was listing off all the movies they went in, I went, hey, maybe Borderlands got them for their movie side of things. Not just studios, not just games. Obviously, Gearbox does something like a Borderlands movie, which we'll talk about right after this. They were shipping around a Duke Nukem movie or a Duke Nukem movie idea for a while. Something like that, yeah. Maybe something like that's in the works. Maybe they touched base with these people as a result of the Borderlands movie doing the post-production, all that stuff. And then they went, hey, you guys are actually really cool, and you're right here in Frisco, Texas, so come on in house with us and have a great time. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's more movies or you know cinematics or 
Because when Borderlands is announced and Borderlands is shown off, they do all kinds of cinematics that you would never see in games. Uh. So maybe it's just going to be that and the movie front. Obviously, my heart of hearts, I would love to see a super gritty, super serious, super realistic looking Brothers in Arms where you could bring in real actors to have real facial capture and make it look the best that it can with the efforts of these people. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. It's completely conjecture at this point. It very well may be right that you're just saying that like Borderlands movie, the Duke Nukem Future Project that's going on. They're like, hey, just come on in. Help us with that. Since you'll actually be right here in house, we can kind of collaborate a little bit easier, make things a little bit smoother. What else? You know, why not just team up and, you know, get our sources all, you know, our resources and capital, et cetera, all together to make this a little bit smoother. It's probably just that. But I would like to dream that you're right, that maybe we're going to get a title that's actually grittier, realer, you know, more down to earth or just something different from the, you know, usual comedic craziness and, and spontaneous wackiness. But of course, speaking of the movies, there's another piece of news we've been wondering. Borderlands the movie, that wrapped a year and a half plus ago. And we're like, whatever happened to that? Well, apparently what had happened was that uh, Eli Roth has moved on to different projects and they went ahead and replaced him with uh, Tim Miller, who does Deadpool. And they're going to be doing a bunch of reshoots, which you said, and I understand, and we all know, reshoots are, reshoots are a normal part of movie making. However, it is very you know interesting that Eli Roth has went ahead and said, ah, I'm, I'm good to go, I'm moving on, and Tim's going to go ahead and fill it in, which makes me suspect that Eli put a spin on it that wasn't quite what they were going for, and Tim's supposed to come in and help try to like change it up a bit, maybe add some humor, add a little bit of this or that to it in the reshoots to make it exactly what they want from the Borderlands movie, which we talked about a spickle, spackle at work. Makes me a little bit scared because when you get two directors and you get different scenes and they're just melding them together, usually it's pretty easy to tell which director did which scene and which part, you know, from the other. And we've seen it, you know, several times in the last few years in different movies and so I'm a little nervous. I think that's the thing. I mean, obviously, like you, you said, because we talked about reshoots are just a thing. You know, movie gets wrapped and all oh, we realized we needed more coverage for this. That we want to add, add more stuff here. to the yeah. scene. So we brought the characters back in. But the only time you hear about reshoots in recent memory are for the bad movies. Fantastic Four, the most recent one, had to get reshoots to try and fix the the version of it the first suicide squad movie justice league same thing you can always tell because the tone is different the actors look different because they're different humans now it puts me in a in a i shouldn't say a nervous state because we like tim miller we liked what he did with dead yeah i like both his directors we like eli roth and what he can do and what we imagine he did with the borderlands franchise but i'm just afraid of it being like here's an eli roth piece and then the very next scene Here's a Tim Miller piece, and it looks kind of different, and it totally feels different. And then Roland is now acting a completely different way in the next scene because it was back to the Eli Roth version. I shouldn't be skeptical. I shouldn't be pessimistic. But when I hear about it, especially, I mean, I don't know how long after movie reshoots are normally done. But like you said, this wrapped in 2021. And now it's 2023, and all the all the actors and everybody's going to come back for reshoots now? Like, it should be dropping trailers now, right? I would think. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe we're too close to it, so we heard news too fast. But it feels 
Like, it's going to be one of those situations. I'm nervous. I'm not going to be pessimistic. I'm not going to be poo-pooing it. I'm nervous. I hope what we see is really good and it all works well. But I'm, I have nerves about it. Yes. With the people involved, the actors, actresses, directors, etc., you know, you got to imagine it's going to be pretty good. Good at, good at the worst. But, like you said, still a little nerves, still a little feelings. I just, I want this to turn out well. But you already hear scuttlebutt about people kind of knocking it now that this news has come about. And that's not what you want to hear. You know, you really, games to movies have been really taking a turn lately for the better. You know, everyone's kind of getting up on them. Mm-hmm. And to hear people kind of going backwards with this one, I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. You know, I want Borderlands the movie to go keep pushing forward with the other games as movies that have been coming out recently and getting everybody stoked that games as movies can actually work and be amazing and have a lot of fun with it, et cetera, et cetera. And speaking of things you don't want to hear about, I'm going to take charge. There's not much for me to say on this. Things I don't want to hear, Skull and Bones getting delayed again for the sixth time. Now, I will say, here's where, and I'll, I'll take one personal note here for a second and say, this is why it's good to be me. I'm excited for Skull and Bones, but I don't like sit here and and stalk the Skull and Bones Twitter account. I don't like go on every single thing Ubisoft goes and goes, oh man, I'm going to get that Skull and Bones release date. And then when it doesn't come, go, oh, I'm going to scratch my face off because I'm doing the, I'm doing the antsy scratch thing. Just like yesterday, this is the side tangent. Yesterday, AW Dynamite, everyone's, everyone's speculating. Oh, this one, this one wrestler, she's going to be at Dynamite. She's going to be there. She's going to be there. She wasn't there. Everyone's like, oh my God, what a what a horrible show. Ruined. Ru- my day's ruined. I didn't expect that person to be there. I watched the show. It was great. So this is where I'm so removed from it. I want to see it, and I will be excited for it when it releases. But when I hear about a delay, it does make me sad. But it doesn't ruin my day. It's a, it, The game's just cursed. If it comes out and it's good, I'll still play it. I'll still have fun. But I'm not like scratching on the edges, like hanging on. Like, you know, I'm not that guy. I've just come to ru- I'm just gonna ruin ruin your yum here. Uh, the game's cursed and it's gonna suck if it ever even comes out. It's probably not ever coming out. Uh, I listen to podcast after podcast. You listen to the got, people. You listen got to those people. Scoops and this game is so just bogged down with bad gameplay, bad direction, bad management. Bad everything. They've been going through every director, every single game lead, every. It's been just time and time. This game, there's something going on, and I'm just gonna kind of repeat like a like a parrot. But there's some kind of contract where they can't just let this die. Because also, if you didn't know, Ubisoft just announced they just killed like four other games that were being produced by them, but they didn't let this one die. There's something. There's a contract that's forcing them to somehow make this game no matter how terrible it is come out some point in time where ubisoft's in a lot of trouble right now they're they're cutting off you know they're cutting off staff they're cutting games they're trying to re-envision what the hell they are and what they're going to be doing there's a lot going down there but the scuttlebutt is is that skull and bones has been a dead project for a long time but they can't let it go let's see i would be able to buy that but you know how many games come out that are just completely busted at the core? As long as the game literally is able to be launched on a console, they could literally just drop it and say, oh, patch is coming down the road. Here's our roadmap for the next six months. And then, <laughs> oh, listen to you, pessimistic Jones about current gaming. Jeez. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, if if it was just, it has to be released some way, they would just drop it. They would just do it. They, I mean, every every company, everything in the world just does it. I I mean, I get what you're saying. I feel like mm. there's something there's something it's strange about right. it. Maybe maybe it is like. The Ubisoft CEO's passion project. He really wanted it to go through, and maybe that's why it's sticking around. Eves go on. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> the Ubisoft games I've played that have ship combat in them, like the Assassin's Creed games, that's the best part of those games. The water, the way the water just works and looks. I, I've just played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The most fun I had was just sailing around in the ship. I mean, the rest of the game was fine. I'm not saying anything about that, but mm-hmm. it felt good. It felt right. So even if there's not a lot of depth to the game, even if it's not like Sid Meier's Pirates, which I played for hundreds upon hundreds of hours on the original Xbox, if it just looks good and there's cool sea shanties for your, for your crew to sing and it just feels good to sail around in the world, I'll still have fun with it. I'm just, I'd like to have some fun with it. I like to see it. I like to play it. Hey. I like boats and I like water. I want to see some water, you know? I got no skin in the game. I'm not very interested in it. And, you know, if it does great, that's freaking fantastic. I don't even have ill will against Ubisoft. I love uh, Massive, who does Tom Clancy's Division. That's under Ubisoft. So I want Ubisoft to succeed. So there's no ill will. I'm not like, <laughs> yes, fail. It's just... Being in the podcast and hearing all the words and scuttlebutt and rumors and this and that, something's going on with that game, and it's not good. And it's just unfortunate that this keeps happening over and over again with this one. The last thing I'll say on it is it makes me sad that this keeps happening because no matter how good it is when it comes out, if it is just an average game or a good game or even a great game, it's going to get downvoted in the scores just because mm-hmm. it took so long. This game has been out, should have been out six years ago. That doesn't ago, happen, Matt. And doodly uh, do. No, no, don't. Reviewers don't. are very, very politically correct, and they know to separate any personal feelings and or uh, anything going on and keep it very separate from their reviews. That's I was a, that's told a, this in another show today that they are very able to do this, and they do it all the time, and it's always very fair. Just so you know. I always I hear that. This, this should have been so much more. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the game. Just judge it. It just would have been better if they did this instead of this. But they didn't. They, this is the game, just the game. So that, that's the only thing. Is when we're talking about it, I'm just like, you know what? No matter what happens, it's going to get poop. I, I don't think it'll be a stellar game-breaking 10 out of 10 or anything. But I feel like it's probably going to be a solid, fun game for me to play. And everyone's going to go, look at all the stuff it went through. Four out of 10. Such a disappointment. Most disappointing game of the year. <laughs> exactly. But it's just it's just a boat game. Just play it. This is a boat game. What do you want? It's just a boat you'll game. be fine. You'll be happy. Just leave it alone. Let it be. <laughs> uh, well, the next one will be quick, Matt. And I just wanted to bring it in because I love this game. It was one of my favorite games of the year. That is The Cult of the Lamb is getting a big update this year. It's getting some added depth put into it. It's getting uh, better difficulties, upper difficulties, easier difficulties, all that good stuff. Accessibility added into it. Quality of life issues getting fixed up. And one of those will be heavy attacks. You're going to be able to get some heavy attacks in on the enemies. They're going to have new weapon types, all sorts of good stuff for you. Will I play it? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to keep an eye on it. If they introduce any kind of like new level or new NPCs that add any kind of thing to it, I will probably go back and check it out. Or if they add like some really, really cool uh, quality of life slash in-depth uh, stuff to like the town building mechanics, things like that, I will probably get back into this. If it is just like adding a heavy attack to what you're doing and a couple extra weapons and skill sets, etc. while you're playing the game, I probably won't. 
but I'm interested. I can't wait to see what it will be and what they're adding. I'm going to go ahead and cross my fingers, even though they haven't said this, and hope that they're adding like a, maybe a new level or a little extra, you know, just an extra zone or something. Because then for sure, 100%, I'll be there playing. So if you're interested in Cult of the Lamb, keep an eye out. I don't know when they're going to post, what they're doing, and how it's going to be rolled out. But there you go. You got it. Yeah, just like you said, I got no skin in the game on this one. But as long as it gives some new quality of life stuff and some more fun stuff to do, even if it doesn't do you know, new characters, new events, new whatever, it'll be fun for when I eventually play it for 10 bucks when I pick it up on a sale and, you know, I'm in between games or whatever. And I don't mean when I say that, pick it up on a sale, it's not like I don't want to support developers, but, you know, you get around yeah. to having a, having a glut in your little gaming or a little gap between two games and, oh, maybe I'll play Call of the Lamb. Oh, hey, it's on sale on PSN for 10 bucks. Boom, boom, boom. Nice and easy. And then I'll have a smoother and possibly more fun experience. Who knows? Exactly. And of course, another quickie. Hey, everybody, guess what? Xbox and Bethesda announced that January 25th, there's going to be a whole presentation of directors, uh, a little developer direct going on that's going to showcase some of the games coming up. Not Starfield, mind you, but Redfall and a bunch of others are going to be there. So if you want to get some really cool information, maybe some release dates, who knows? I'm not saying that's going to be there, just saying you're going to get some developer directs talking about their games and the one I'm interested in in which is redfall will be there talking having a good time seeing what xbox is up to this year i will be there i will be watching because i want us to check it out just letting y'all know that it exists and maybe take a peek i'll definitely be watching it too it feels like it's been forever since we've seen any kind of like developer showcase i mean i know the game awards is kind of that too mm -hmm. but it feels good to get another chunk Hopefully it's a nice, fun show. It usually is. Xbox Bethesda shows are usually pretty fun. I don't understand, though. Hey, it's my soapbox moment. Why is everybody so hyped on Redfall? There's been, like, one cinematic trailer, maybe two. Like, the characters sounded fun, but you didn't see, see nothing. Everybody, like, everybody, maybe it's so just the Xbox. Some gameplay. I, we some saw gameplay. some, but it's not like... I see people every day on Twitter when, it, you know, you go on the trending tab and trending for you. Redfall is always on there. Uh -huh. People are like, mm, people don't know, game of the year 2023. I'm like, uh, you haven't even played it. No, what are you talking Matt, about? What are you doing? They're going what? extreme, Matt, but it's arcane. I don't understand the world that I don't like gaming Twitter. And I don't. <sighs> Deathloop, Prey, Dishonored. The studio doesn't put out garbage. I, I'll give you that. So you have to assume the game's going to at least be good. I was worried because I thought it was going to be like Back for Blood and Left for Dead. Then they came out and said, no. It is not those games, you guys. We are making more like a Far Cry type game. And I went, okay, now I'm interested. Because I wasn't interested in a Back for Blood slash Left for Dead type game. We already saw Black for Blood just didn't scratch the itch for either of us. So I guess that that's dead to us. But Redfall, now that they said it's going to be more like an adventure that you can do with friends. Could probably went, be Game of the Year 2023, Eric. Nah, it's the best oh game gosh. ever made. Can't wait to see it. It's Stop going to be it. the greatest thing. All the Sony ponies are going to be jumping off cliffs because of woo doo doo You're an Xbox guy, and I'm over here defending a game I don't even care that much about. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to pop up, and it, every day I see it. Literally every day, and this is my only avenue to say what is going on with these people. I mean, I mean, it looks fine. It looks good. I will. Okay. I will watch it. If there's a demo, I'll play it. If it's good, I'll definitely play it. And I'll, I'll buy it and play it. It just seems like everybody's shouting from the rooftops from having seen almost nothing that it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Before we hit the last note, here's why, man. Here's why. 
and here's me just punching Xbox since you made me do it. Hey, guess who else is going to be there? The Elder Scrolls Online. Woo! Forza Motorsport. Woo! Everybody Minecraft loves Legends. Driving cars. Woo! Nobody cares. Nobody cares about any of these other games. That Everybody Xbox loves driving cars. About. What are you talking about? It's probably so, going to be up for Game of the Year the next Forza Motorsport. All they have is Redfall. That's all they got because they were like, Starfield's going to have to be on its own. And I'm not even excited about Starfield, to be completely honest with you. I don't really like Fallout that much. So I'm like, I don't know. I have no. Redfall's all I'm clinging to to hope that Xbox is good. So let me have it because I really want Xbox to succeed, damn it. <laughs> it's not my fault that you make poor decisions and you can't deal with Fallout. You know, it's. That's make true. Be, make better decisions, Eric. Be I a better person. I can't. Well, I can't do either of those. I'm sorry. What's the man say? It's the second half of what he says, but he even said it in my last, my last play session in God of War. Don't be sorry. Be better. Just be better, Eric. Then you'll love Fallout. It'll be great. Well, I'm better at some stuff, but not apparently Fallout <laughs> games. So don't get me, don't get it twisted. And the last quickie, but fun. We've we've been following Witchfire forever. This game that I'm somehow, starting to believe it doesn't <laughs> exist again. I saw it. I saw it. In, I saw it in summer, and now there's nothing. Come on. Now there is. All right. They just got, as of January 3rd, I was at Game Informer. They're the ones who showed me. I went, oh, my gosh, it still exists. Apparently, there was an NVIDIA DLSS3 technology kind of you know, overview and hype thing, which we talked about back in the day where we were like, I don't know what this actually stands for, but it sounds really cool. True. Well, they brought it about with Witchfire gameplay, and they went, look what this game looks like with the NVIDIA technology that we're bringing out here. And I watched said gameplay trailer, and it looked freaking gorgeous. It looked fantastic, and it got me stoked for Witchfire again. And then I went, well, okay, well, does that mean they're actually working on it? Is it coming out soon? Yeah, it's a game we're making. So don't worry, guys. It's still being made. We're making a game, and we're doing it with this NVIDIA technology, and it's looking good. And I went, well, that's great. When the hell is it coming out, though? I don't know. So this is it. Eric, this is your skull and bones, is what you're telling me. This game you've been following for six years, it's gone, it's back, it's delayed, we're remaking the whole thing, it's gone away, It's gonna, sometime, sometimes it's going to be an open world shoot-em-up. I'm going to play Skull and Bones, you're going to play Witchfire in 2027, we'll both get our games, and we'll be like, yay, we got the Look games. It's cool. Yeah. And then the NVIDIA technology beyond whatever the next one is, and they'll still be using the DLS3 or whatever it is, and it won't be exciting anymore. It'll be really weird. But I don't want that to happen. I want to play Wishfire. You want to play Skull and Bones. Who knows? Someday it might be a reality, Matt. Now, see, I was I should have done my due diligence and looked this up, but I've been hearing everybody talking about Portal RTX, and I was hoping that you talking about Witchfire was going to give me enough time to get some gameplay up and see it, because then I could be like, hey, look at this other technology. With the RTX, they redid Portal. It's supposed to be all shiny and, and lighter. From the screenshot I'm looking at, it looks real cool. I don't know, but that was something I wanted to talk about and didn't do enough research. So next time... We do this. I will have watched some stuff, and I'm going to talk about them. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, get me convinced right to play. I've Bam. never played Portal, so you know, what? keep on trying to convince me. I've get been me telling you Portal. for years you need to know, play Portal. You know, maybe this graphical update will get me going. You got to play it. It's fun. <laughs> I don't know. Just the constant puzzles. It was it threw me off. So you'd love it. And, I like a little gameplay in there. And you can play it in a. You can play it in an afternoon. That's now. That's tempting. Do some right, thinking. Do some puzzling. Portal Two is a lot longer, obviously. Oh, okay. But you can get your portal fix in. And if, you know, if, if you can't figure it out, there's walkthroughs on the internet. 
I'm pretty sure I own it too on some platform already. So I'm like 98% sure I own Portal. I think I even own Portal 2 already. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Steam on your computer, so you have it has to be. So, mm-hmm. but that wraps up another fun episode of Third Shift. So, if you got any comments, questions, concerns, if you want to tell me how cool Portal RTX is and how much better it is than DLSS three or whatever, I, I even got it right. God damn, I'm good. <laughs> I didn't even look when I said it. Just let us know any of that, any kind of good things. Shout us out thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord. We got people in the Discord giving us games of the year and New Year's resolutions. You'll be the mailbag on the next episode that we have time for because this one's running long already. Because we're having a great time on the first ever proper edition of Third Shift in 2023. Indeed, we are. And of course, we're over on Facebook. Head on over there. Check us out. See what's going on. And if you don't want to go there, already have been over there. Head on over to Patreon. Little old tip jar, throw a buck in, two bucks, three in, four bucks in, all the bucks. Some of those bucks might get you some extra episodes. Like Matt had already said earlier in the episode, hey, on a shifter monthly topic slash what you're playing third shift, we might talk about this or that. Who knows? And you'd be privy to that if you toss a couple bucks in the old tip jar. I encourage you to do so. If you can't, that's fine. You can go ahead and give us five-star ratings on the iTunes, five-star ratings on the Spotify, the Twitch Prime sub over on Twitch. You can also give us mailbag questions, comments, all that good stuff. It all helps us out, makes us feel good about ourselves. And you know what? Maybe someday I'll even give you a lecture on how to make your job a calling instead of just a job. And that's only if I see some five-star rating reviews come in. I will go and explain to you. How to make your life better at work. How about that? I got distracted because I'm watching <laughs> Portal RTX, but I heard what you were talking about. But I will say, hey, you can also, you know, make your calling listening to every episode of Third Shift and do it from I the agree. beginning. Go on every single platform. Don't give them the secrets, though, Matt. Don't give them all the secrets. Go on every single platform where you can find Third Shift on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 19th of January. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it so very much. Just looking forward to seeing some five-star reviews for that new year. Not sure if any came in. Not really sure. If they did, man, oh man. Y'all are the best. You make me feel good. And if they didn't, oh, man, what are we going to do this year? Woo, I don't know. We got to spice it up. We're going to have to do something. We're going to have to do something. We're going to have to turn into Victor Zaz from the Batman comics. Every week we don't get a five-star review, we put a tally on our body somewhere. There you go. And we save a special one for the week that we, well, I guess that doesn't work. We'd have to be like reverse Victor Zaz. One, one tally for each five-star we get. And then have a special one for when we get that like hundredth five star. Oh, I like it. I like it. Well, we'll we'll talk about this off air, but you're forcing us to go to extreme measures, everybody. You're doing this to us. This is you harming us, not us harming us. You doing this? Just letting you know. You did this to me. You did this to me. But with that, there's nothing else to say. But don't forget to say. Sit down.